Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Amanda Man Games Podcast. This is episode 17 of my weekly gaming podcast where we discuss all things video games related. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes and to support the show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links will also be in the description. Now, I know obviously we are coming to you again on a Thursday rather than a Wednesday. And that was just based on everything that's happening this week. Uh, Stuff got shifted around in terms of my scheduling as well. Uh, From that, obviously, we can go right into the news. Uh, One of the main stories that obviously we heard when it comes to video games and the video games industry uh, was that the PlayStation event was postponed, and rightfully so. Uh, this just comes from their Twitter. It basically says, we have decided to postpone the PlayStation 5 event schedule for June 4th. While we understand gamers worldwide are excited to see PS5 games, we do not feel that right now is a time for celebration. And for now, we want to stand back and allow more important voices to be heard. Uh, and this is, again, done rightfully so. Based on everything that's happening, I think there are, there are other voices that need to be heard. Um, I, I've, I've seen obviously a lot of comments on Reddit and, and other other threads, you know, at, at the end of the day, people obviously need to remember that, you know, this is this is all to do with the video game console. I know, I know we're all really excited about it. We all love the gaming industry, but in, in no way is the PS5, you know, being delayed or anything like that. The PS5 will still come out in holiday. Uh, the game for the PS5 will still be there. You know, everything that's going to be revealed for the PS5 on that event will still be revealed, right? It's it's a matter of just a couple of weeks. Uh, I think this week itself, I think it's more important for other things, other people to be heard and for all, all of us to just gather together and help everyone out. Um, with that, we can kind of combine it with another new story that's been kind of making its rounds here and there. Um, this was kind of on 4chan. Again, this is obviously 4chan, so I don't know how how reliable this information is, but I just wanted to bring it up because, again, based on just what I was reading on Reddit, I think it was go- I think it would be good if I just post this here um, along with it, apparently there's uh, rumors that uh, the new PS5 reveal event might be June 12th. Uh, one thing to remember is June 12th is also when The Last of Us Part 2 um, reviews will be coming out, or that's the embargo date, I think, or something like that, right? Um, so basically, it's coming from Anonymous on 4chan. I mean, that's not very reliable, as you can imagine. It seems that the new date chosen by the company to officially present the console and its first games is Friday, 12th of June. Uh, and even some newspapers are receiving new updated information on the new presentation date uh, in these hours. I obtained this information through a source in close contact with the Sony PlayStation marketing department. Of course, we don't know how trustworthy any of this is, right? Like I said, just take this with a grain of salt. Uh, But of course, I think either way, whenever this event is about to happen or when it will happen, we'll we'll probably hear about it uh, by the end of this week or early next week. And like I said, at the end of the day, it's still it's still fine in terms of what the information is and the information that we will be getting uh, from the PlayStation Five team or the Sony team or PlayStation team or whatever. Um, the the news is still there, the games are still there, the console is still coming out. So that way, I feel like people shouldn't worry about it. It'll it'll happen soon. And plus, we have such an amazing game like The Last of Us Part Two coming out June nineteenth. So we have, as gamers, you know, we have a lot of stuff to look forward to that way. Moving on. Uh, this is a an article that was just, just kind of came up uh, by GameIndustry.biz. I think this was just kind of ramping up to the PlayStation 5 reveal event. Um, and this comes from Christopher Dring from Game Industry. Basically, it's kind of stating that PS5 is on track for the launch 
of this holiday. This is actually coming from Jim Ryan, who I believe is the CEO of uh, of PlayStation, or I forgot what his exact title is. I think he's the CEO of PlayStation, but I could be wrong. Uh, basically, the the kind of the whole article was just kind of going over PlayStation's plans and Jim Ryan's thoughts uh, on what they're kind of doing and everything like that. But I just kind of took one big piece of it that I just want to kind of bring up. Uh, and the quote kind of continues. We are obviously principally occupied with getting ready for PS5. I think most businesses would find themselves challenged with the working from home environment. I do, and I do think the way that the various groups within PlayStation have re- responded has been magnificent. Uh, these are there are the hardware engineers who are having to work without being able to get into China where PS5 will be assembled. That's kind of tough. The software engineers who are building these great features, who are building a great PS5 UI, some of that can be readily done in isolation. But when it comes to putting it all together, that's not easy to do remotely and they're doing a great job. And finally, the people who make games, we and our partners seem to be coping really well. And so we are on track. We're going to launch this holiday and we're going to launch globally. We're really, really looking forward to it and it's going to be a blast. So I think it's just kind of adding to what I was just talking about. Everything is fine when it comes to PS5 and everything like that in general. Um, you know, I think there's nothing for us to kind of worry about in that sense. It's, it's great that we have, you know, Sony and everything adapting well to these work from home environments. And it looks like PS5 is on track. We'll hopefully see uh, a reveal event soon, probably maybe the next week, couple of weeks or so, or maybe after The Last of Us Part 2 comes out as well. I'm not sure, right? Like it's, it could be anywhere uh, around that. But nonetheless, I mean, if you are a PlayStation fan, like you should be excited. Like I, there's... Them postponing an event doesn't in any way mean that they don't have a great product lying uh, or lined up for us, basically. Uh, this next one actually comes from Game Radar, and obviously there was a lot of stuff ramping up about compatibility and and Xbox's compatibility, like in terms of games and stuff like that. So I thought this would be pretty good to put here as well. Uh, PS4 games will work uh, on the PS5 with a system update. So this is coming from Game Radar from Alex Award. The PS5 could support backwards compatibility for its library of PS4 games in the form of new updates following the launch of the console itself, according to a now-deleted update on PlayStation Iceland's website. As spotted via Reddit, the recently updated official PS5 page in Iceland originally stated that the upcoming next-generation console will allow users to play a back catalog of supported PS4 games with system update. So, I mean, this is just kind of adding to what we kind of already know. Um, I think most of us have already kind of put it in our in our in our brains when it comes to the new generation that uh, both consoles will be backwards compatible compatible oh my god I can't even say the word backwards compatible <laughs> and uh, and I think the main thing that a lot of people were worried about was that you know with Sony the way they kind of worded it in the Mark Sony presentation it was kind of unclear whether or not it would actually work all the PS4 games that we've been playing all, all, all this this entire time will they actually work or not because they kind of worded it in a way that oh the top 100 PS4 games are already working and we're like, wait, so that means that only 100 games will be available at launch? Like, it was a little confusing, but then they clarified that, no, that wasn't the case there. Obviously, all PS4 games will be available. They've just tested the top 100 and they know it works perfectly without any hitches. Uh, so I think this is something we already know. I think this is just, I, I think what this is kind of, say, kind of stating is that we might need system updates later on to allow certain PS4 games to work. So initially when we get a system update, maybe around 300, 400, 500 games will be available, but then a, a future update will allow for more games. And like, you know, they'll keep adding PS4 games over time. I think this is kind of all that that it's saying. 
So I think that way it's pretty cool. I think, uh, you know, we've, we've already expected this, but again, I think a lot of people wanted to clarify this. I could, uh, I've seen like a lot of stuff on, on IGN as well. I think they, they were also doing a podcast and kind of talking about Xbox's compatibility approach and stuff like that. And uh, I think it was, it was just being, the message has just been a, a little muddled. Um, I remember like even listening to a kind of funny's podcast and they were kind of discussing um, the smart delivery process with Xbox and what PlayStation might be doing and there was a confusion there as well. So I think it's just an issue of just not being able uh, the, all of us, all of us consumers just not getting the right kind of information from the PlayStation heads and, you know, the Microsoft has still done a pretty good job, but I think it's just a matter of kind of giving us the proper information in terms of, yeah, okay, look, if you own your 360 games, if they're digital right now, yeah, everything will just transfer over. You know, like simple things like that, rather than kind of putting a PR spin to it and just taking us in a circle and then going right and going left. Sometimes it's like, okay, just straightforward. I have all these games on my, on my Xbox, will they work? I have all these games on my PS4, will they work? And like, no one has like really confirmed that yet. They've, you know, talk about smart delivery. There's about like even Mark Cerny, the top 100 games are working. They're like, okay, you're saying the top 100 games on PS4 are working. Okay, cool, but... What about I have Bloodborne on there? Would my Bloodborne work on my on my PS Five? I don't think that's in the top hundred games list in terms of top hundred most played games, right? Like I, I'm I'm I, I'm pretty sure that won't be that high up. So it's like, what about that game? You know, like I think they just need to they just need to clarify that yeah yeah don't worry all your games will work or don't worry all your games will work. We just need to like update it over time. We just need to keep adding updates and it will be available over time. Just something like that, you know. So hopefully hopefully we'll get more clarification soon. This kind of goes into. Uh, Xbox's approach to compatibility. Uh, this is coming from Xbox's website from Jason Ronald, who is the director of program management at Xbox Series X. Through a tremendous amount of hard work, technical innovation, and partnership with the industry's leading creators, we were not only able to bring more than 500 Xbox 360 games to Xbox One, we were able to go back even further into the archives and resurrect some of your favorite franchises from the original Xbox. The very same team who created new innovative ways to preserve and enhance your existing catalog of games on Xbox One is the same team pushing the envelope again with the Xbox Series X. Maintaining compatibility presents a massive technical challenge as fundamental system and chip architectures advance across generations. Developers highly optimize their games to the unique capabilities and performance of a console to provide the best experience for their players. To make the Xbox Series X our most compatible console ever required both significant innovation in the design of the custom processor as well as a unique design of the Xbox operating system. With more than 100,000 hours of playtesting already completed, thousands of games are already playable on the Xbox Series X today. So I just kind of wanted to bring this up, um, you know, in terms of their approach. This is obviously a lot more clear. Um, I, I just, I... Again, I just want them to kind of outright just say that, yep, all the digital games that you have on your Xbox One, everything will be working. You don't need to do anything like they want. I just want that in writing somewhere. I, I If it's already there, uh, that's my mistake for not already putting it here. Uh, but I don't know. I just want, I just haven't seen that in writing somewhere so far. I'm, I just, it, it just makes the whole thing so much easier because I think that's the main concern. It's not necessarily, pe- people aren't really worried about, oh, I'm going to buy the Series X and then I'm going to buy an Xbox One game, right? I think most people's worries going to next generation, the same uh, worry that I had when I was switching to the PS4 was that, wow, I have so many games on my PS3. It would obviously make it a lot easier for me to buy a PS4 if I could sell my PS3. But if all my PS3 games don't work, 
and I sell that along with my games and you know how EB games and, and GameStop works when it comes to selling anything to them. You know, you finally sell it to them and you barely get any money and you buy a PS4 and one game and all you're doing at home is just playing one game when you could have kept your PS3 and been playing all these amazing games during that time, right? So I think a lot of us just want to make sure that, okay, like I, I'm down to go day one and get this console. But if you can just confirm it that, yeah, you know what? Everything will be available day one, like in terms of your backlog, whatever you have on your console, everything will work. So go ahead, get your console, sell your console, everything is sorted. And then automatically everyone will be like, okay, perfect. I Now I know. So I don't need to worry about my backlog. I don't need to worry about finishing all these games really quickly before the new new console comes out. Or in many cases, you know, you just don't have time, right? So you're like, okay, I guess I'll never finish these games because I'm moving on to the PS5 or Xbox Series X or... In most people's cases, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait for another year or two until the console, the PS5 console becomes cheaper and I finish through all these games that I have lying around, right? So I'm hoping that they'll they'll clarify that over time. I, I'm sure they will. I think this is just obviously us kind of speculating and, and obviously we haven't really received all the information from both sides. So so let's see what happens in the next few weeks, um, especially this is since this is supposed to be E3 month either way, right? So we're going to be receiving a lot of information that way. This next one is actually quite cool. This is Total War Troy will be free on Epic Games. So Total War series by Sega is quite popular. I think it's made by Creative Assembly. Um, I myself have, I think I've played Total War Warhammer a little bit like a while back. Uh, and I had Three Kingdom, but I have not played it yet. I definitely need to play that. And it's a really awesome uh, a strategy game. Very popular. Uh, it, it usually obviously sells for like $79.99, like full price on, or at least in Canada, $79.99 full price and everything like that. And the reason I'm bringing the price is because Sega has announced that uh, a Total War Sega Troy will now be launching as an Epic Games Store time exclusive um, with a release date pencil for August 13th, 2020. On top of that, players will be able to claim Total War Troy on the Epic Games Store for the first 24 hours after launch making it free to keep for anyone who downloads. Uh, this article obviously is also coming from Ashley Bates uh, at Cultural, Cultured Vultures. Uh, so the reason I brought that up, the price and everything was, so this game was obviously an Epic Games exclusive. Okay, we're kind of getting used to that. But for the first 24 hours, it is literally free. So even if you are not that big of a fan, but this again, like, this is like this equivalent of Call of Duty coming out the new Call of Duty game coming out this year and saying that for the tw first 24 hours of that game, that game is completely free. Can you imagine like Call of Duty Modern Warfare even now in Canada is like $59.99, right? So it's like $59.99, normally $79. Like most of the time it's $79, but right now it's $59. Can you imagine like getting a new game like this? A, a normal like full price game, but for the first 24 hours, you can like download it and everything like that and, and own it for the rest of your life and you get it for zero dollars that's just i don't know how well i mean i kind of know how because epic games has epic just has so much money that i can just understand that this is a good way for them to get more people on the epic game store right this is like an amazing way like i saw this and um i've always kind of wanted to get into this the series i have three kingdoms like ready and obviously but i bought three kingdoms normally with with like you know full price or whatever uh but i never played it in, in this case, I'm like, wow, like this would have been even better, obviously, if I had known about it. And if I wanted to get into Total, Total War franchise, I could just wait, get this game for free, a full game for free on the, in the first 24 hours and, and play it like that. Like, I don't know. This is really amazing. I think this is a, a, a good way to get more and more people on board and a good way to get more and more people to check out the Total War series. Because 
it is a series that I feel like is getting more and more popular, but it hasn't really reached that mainstream level just yet. Um, it hasn't reached like like that Civilization Six kind of level, you know. Like Civilization, I feel like is at a point where most people know about it, but Cold War is still kind of making its way up there. And I could be wrong. Again, like this is a, you know I I'm coming from like a console background and stuff like that. I always assume that's kind of how it was, but this is pretty cool. I'm gonna be getting it day one for sure, so I'm pretty excited to like see how that looks. Uh, the next one is coming from Playfront. This is really cool just because I liked Mafia 3. Uh, I have never finished Mafia 2. But apparently the Mafia remake is basically in line with the Resident Evil 2 remake and how that one came out. So this is coming from the website Playfront. Um, and this was actually translated from that website. So there might be a few issues in the translations. As developer Hangar 13 emphasizes in the current edition of OPM, the effort behind the development is about at the level of the Resident Evil 2 remake from Capcom, including a new engine, new content, and much more. Hangar 13 has, complete, has created a completely new engine to bring the gangster epic to life, which is reflected in reflective and rain-soaked streets, contemporary cars, and incredibly accurate character details. The Mafia remake also includes updated scripts, brand new in-engine cutscenes, and additional gameplay sequences that never existed in the original game. This is really cool. So I think this is a perfect way to get an older game like Mafia into the new generation, into the modern generation when it comes to video games. Uh, and uh, taking that Resident Evil 2 remake approach is just perfect because I think anyone that's played Resident Evil 2 remake and even Resident Evil 3 remake knows how well those games did and how well those games play and how they were able to kind of take a game that was obviously did really well at its time, but obviously be able to use that, use, create that same horror atmosphere, create the same kind of atmosphere and bring it to the new generation for people like myself who had never played Resident Evil 2 before. So the same thing with this because I played Mafia 2 a bit, never really finished it. And I played Mafia 3 all the way and I really enjoyed Mafia 3. For someone like me, going back to Mafia 1 is a little, is a little harder just because, again, it's like, you know, uh, antiquated controls and stuff like that. It's like older controls and it doesn't really feel the same. To be able to like re kind of experience that game again now and it being recreated in a way that it uses more modern gameplay elements, uses new new techniques in game engines and stuff like that, maybe even ray tracing, stuff like that, you know? I feel like that's going to be awesome. So this is going to be a day one purchase for me. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about this. I might even stream Mafia 2 and Mafia 3 at some point uh, on my Twitch channel. So that should be pretty cool. Uh, this next one, uh, I think this actually is it was initially relating to the PS5 event that was uh, going to happen this week. This is coming from Bluepoint Games from their Twitter. Uh, I think this is from Peter Dalton, who is a who is pretty high up at he's a CTO at Bluepoint Games, and basically he just kind of replied to that event. Um, I'm so excited for the future. It is time to push forward and leave our old gaming limitations behind us. So the the fact that you know he the, the Bluepoint Games like the CTO kind of kind of talked about it or just kind of retweeted this and kind of tweeted this out along with that event kind of adds more fuel to the whole idea that. You know, Bluepoint Games that might be working on a Jack and Daxter remake or a Demon's Souls remake or Legacy of Kane. So I know that like there were a lot of speculation and I think this is kind of confirmed it almost at this point. So I think whenever that event happens, we can kind of count on Bluepoint Games, uh, Bluepoint Games being there. Um, and this is also going again. Another one is Horizon Zero Dawn 2 might also be announced at this uh, at this event. This is coming from Stray, Stay Frost 886 on Reddit. Guerrilla Games might announce Zero Dawn 2 at the June 4th PS5 Showcase event. Uh, two prominent members of the developer team teased 
Guerrilla Games presence at the June 4th event, but very quickly, both of them deleted their tweets. So this is just kind of something similar. Um, you know, obviously the developers, some of them were just like really excited to kind of get out there. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I can understand from the developer standpoint, they're also really excited to show what they've been working on for all these years. So this should be really cool. I think this is something that we've, we've been expecting, but I did not really, in, in, in my honest opinion, I did not expect this PS5 event to have these many like new and interesting games and in, like, you know, big type, big AAA games from Sony kind of, kind of being put in there. I thought it will be a mix of, uh, you know, a few AAA games here and there, and then a lot of indie stuff kind of similar to Xbox. Um, but from what I've been reading, it's just, it seems like they have something really, really packed up to announce. And um, I think this, I can kind of talk about this next one as well. Apparently, Silent Hills will, will also be announced during the PS5 reveal event. This is coming from Dusk Golem. Uh, initially, this is posted on Reddit, but uh, I think the leaker was Dusk Golem. I think Dusk Golem is known to um, leak quite accurate information basically so basically he wrote um i'll lay this out again bluntly signed hill if the japan studios toyama directing etc stuff is all true will either be revealed on the 4th or in august it should be the 4th as the team is excited to reveal it the game is ps5 exclusive and it's in a playable state uh the second thing i think this is related to resident evil 8 um it might not it's a launch game resident evil 8 I have no idea when the reveal is, but it was supposed to be E3 originally. I apologize, I'm just kind of like quickly skimming through it. But basically, uh, Resident Evil 8 might also be announced soon, which is pretty cool. I think that was also something that we were speculating and we've kind of seen a few leaks here and there. Apparently, there will also be stuff relating to Resistance, uh, which is an Insomnia game that came out on PS3, which was really popular when it came out, uh, which will be announced in June as well. So that will be pretty exciting too. I think we have like a lot of cool things to kind of look forward to. So let's see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Uh, like I was saying, as a Sony fan, you know, there's so many things to be excited about. There's so many cool things coming out. So this is really exciting. Uh, I think the last article, the last thing we can kind of go over is uh, an article that I feel like this is, uh, this is really cool. This is like a good thing to know in general. Um, I think when it comes to the whole PS5 versus Xbox Series X thing uh, in terms of their tech. Um, although this is obviously, I you know, even when, when I read it, I'll obviously make a few disclaimers um, just because of the source of the, of this of this article you know in a way but still i just kind of want to go over it uh, but the main article kind of states ps5 and xbox series x ssd is a matter of diminishing returns so this is coming from shubhankar parijat from gaming bolt um, and this is actually taken from what the scorn developer is, is saying so this is kind of why i just said i just want to put a disclaimer we know that scorn uh that game is a xbox series x exclusive or console exclusive and they've obviously been talking up um, Xbox quite a bit that you know Xbox Series X allows them to not like you know have to kind of push down their their the, what they're kind of trying to achieve with this game because they can kind of keep it at the same level as what the game will look like on the PC so I know they were already kind of talking about it that way and of course we don't know the whole exclusivity deal which is why anytime any developer that's like like what we saw with with Tim Sweeney and Epic Games anytime anything is kind of associated with like a console or something like that I always say just you know just Keep that in mind because obviously they they why, why would they say anything bad about you know the people that they're supporting or the the company that they're supporting right so the article just states uh, or the score developer actually just states i am positive that that down the road developers will find a way to create experiences that would be impossible to realize on current gen but that journey starts with interesting concepts that will be or organically realized by having these technologies available 
You shouldn't design solely from the perspective of technology as you could end up having peculiar things like a game with all reflective surfaces just so you could show off ray tracing, which is very dry. I feel like I've seen a lot of games that just go so intense with this ray tracing stuff. Um, Peklar suggested in conclusion that as far as the difference between the SSDs that both the next gen, the next gen consoles employed is concerned, it's effectively not going to seem as big as it seems on paper right now. As for differences between the two solutions, I feel that it will end up uh, a matter of diminishing returns. So again, obviously he didn't really mention too much about the GPUs and the overall power between the two consoles and stuff like that. But I just want to kind of bring that up because I think it sh this whole diminishing returns thing should also go on the other way when it comes to how the Xbox Series X is more powerful when it comes to the teraflops when it comes to GPU. And like I've kind of talked about my experience with building a PC and everything that I've seen on my gaming PC and uh, gaming PC that I've seen for my friends, um, if they have a, a, a better GPU, a better CPU, a more lower end CPU or lower end GPU, it, it honestly is diminishing returns. It's not going to be as big as people think it is. Um, and of course, you know, like I think when you see people on Reddit and, and everyone just kind of going both sides, you know, like there's some, I, I always read up people being, people kind of going like, oh, the difference between them will be 50%. Like uh, the Xbox Series X graphics will be 50% better than than uh, PS5. And it's, it's like, okay, no, obviously it's not like, that's just pushing it too much. You know, you can see 10 to 20% difference. And again, it depends on how the developers use that power, right? So it will be dim diminishing returns. So I think that way, you know, that with this, the, what the score developer has said, same thing with the SSD, you know, SSD has been really been, been put, been like kind of pushed forward when it comes to PS5 and how everyone is like, oh my God, this SSD is a game changer. It's going to make certain games like unplayable in the Xbox. And I'm like, no, like it, it's, it might, it might make certain games like run better on the PS5 or it might add certain elements on the PS5, but it's not going to be to that point that we think it is. And the end, at the end of the day, it's going to be the same thing that we see between PS4 Pro and Xbox One X or the 360 and PS3. You know, it, it was never an issue of games just not running on the other one. It's always about how developers can optimize their games for that console, for that system. And of course, the developers are actually using all that power that's put in there, right? So I think that way, just don't, make a decision on a console based off of the, everything that's on paper when it comes to technology. Make it make a decision based on the games, right? I think that's just, it's like, when I, whenever I think about it, as I say it, I'm like, I, I, it's like, you know, it's like such an obvious thing to say to people, but like the main thing is you should go obviously where a lot of your friends are going. So, you know, if you, if you do play online games and stuff like that, and you want to continue that, I know that it's, it, we're going to more of a cross-play generation next, next time, next generation. Um, but obviously it's a little slow. If you are kind of, if you want to play multiplayer games right at, right, in, right the, off the bat, right in the beginning, then I think it is a, it is more advisable to go for a console that your friends are going to be getting. So you got all are on the same thing. You know, you have Rainbow Six Siege or Destiny 3 or whatever, just ready and you can play. Again, it's possible that by then all these, all these games will already announced that, yeah, yeah, the crossplay is already set. At that point, my next thing would be that you should consider the games you enjoy, the games you enjoy playing and what console has those games, right? If you're a big fan of games like God of War, Uncharted, like Naughty Dog, like those game companies, and you know they'll be they'll be giving you games like that. Or on the other end, you love Xbox Game Studios, what they're doing with Game Pass, what they're doing with, with games like Crackdown 3, with Sea of Thieves, with with Ninja 3, and, and even, of course, Obsidian after Outer Worlds. You can imagine they're going to be releasing some really, really cool stuff on Xbox. If you're excited about that and in terms of those games, then you know you should get an Xbox. I think at the end of the day, it needs to be 
the games you enjoy, the games you enjoy playing and buy a console based off of that. Or after that, if you know, obviously if your games look better, perfect. If your games run better, awesome, right? But at the end of the day, it will just, you will, you, both sides will still get FIFA. Both sides will still get Call of Duty. Both sides will still get Witcher 4, Cyberpunk, all that stuff. Both sides will still get those games, right? And I'm, I'm telling you right now, both sides will have their games run amazing. Like they will look really good. They will run perfectly. They will run smooth. So I just, I feel like that's a very, very important point to get across because it just gets lost in this for some reason that if you enjoy a series, if you enjoy a game, or if you've been enjoying uh, a certain brand like Xbox or PlayStation and you've loved their games, choose that one, you know, choose that one because that's, that's what you're going to be doing with these consoles, right? You're going to be, you're going to be playing video games, right? And at the end of the day, it's not, it, it has like other features, but that's the main reason to get this. So I hope like, that's something that a lot of people are considering and, and not just jumping on because of this whole Teraflop thing or this whole SSD thing. That's just something that comes with it. And, you know, if, if the developers fully utilize it, perfect, right? But we don't know that until until that time comes. With that, we can move on to the games I have been playing. So the game, one of the games, obviously, is Rainbow Six Siege. I've still been playing that. I really enjoy that game. Um, it, I'm, I'm surprised that it's become a mainstay in my library. I have the game on PC and I also have the game on my PS4. So I'm, 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 because I have my PS4, I know it'll, it'll transfer over to the PS5, hopefully, if everything goes according to what this PR speak has been kind of giving us, like this little tidbit of information here and there. So I think that should be good. Um, and I'm pretty excited to kind of see, you know, Rainbow Six Siege, what it evolves into by the PS5 or like in a, in a year or two years, because the game is improving from what I've noticed. The, the new operators, um, the cool cool events or cool modes that they keep adding, the more accessibility stuff that they keep adding. There's obviously issues with people trying to kick everyone out or team killing and that thing and all that stuff. I think that stuff, hopefully they can address it at some point, but it's gonna be a little slow. Uh, we know how all these things kind of take. It's, it's hard to kind of kind of put like a band hammer on everything, right? It's, it's, it's really hard to kind of judge it or, or know if someone did a team kill intentionally or by mistake, I wish there was like a, a game mode where the team kill was just off. If there is, I probably haven't seen it, but you know, it, it might be easier, but I understand that it kind of raises the stakes if the team kill is on. It's about, you know, be, being more careful with how you approach stuff, but it would at least reduce griefing in that game, right? Which is which is pretty important. On the other end, I started playing Valorant. I played that with a couple of my friends. Um, one of my friends didn't really enjoy it. Uh, Sebi, he was on the show a while back. And one of my other friends, Frank, he actually, him and I both loved it. We we actually really liked the game. We played it again yesterday, and we'll probably keep playing it, um, like for for whatever, uh, for the future and stuff like that. Just because it, it is it is a fun game. Um, I don't really like that. They ha it has two modes. Okay, so I I think in in terms of explaining what Valorant is, it's kind of uh, it's kind of like Counter Strike, um, but it's like you your characters have powers. You choose characters like you do in Overwatch, and they have certain powers. But those powers aren't necessarily something that will kind of lead you in battle, right? It does come down to how how well you are with the weapon in that game. Uh, and it's obviously, you know, like the, the, the game mode that, that it has right now is a first to 13 kind of bomb uh, diffusal mode. So whoever gets 13 wins, wins that mode. So you can imagine that game kind of mode, that, that mode takes a while. It can take anywhere from like, 30 minutes or 25 minutes to like 45 minutes. So it's a long mode. Like it's like first team to 13. So I don't know why they did that. Um, and I'm not sure why they don't have different tiers. Like if they have one for the same type of mode, but first to five or first to four, or even like like uh, Rainbow Six Siege, first to three. Um, 
uh, and it's kind of the same thing where you start off in a match and you have to buy stuff, you have to buy weapons, armor, whatever, and you kind of go from there. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, you split up and it's it, like in terms of, in terms of time to kill, it's time to kill is really quick. It's very similar to Counter-Strike. Headshots is immediate, like quick kill or whatever. So that way it's, it's really cool. And I like the powers. I like some of the characters and stuff like that. And I want to keep playing it. I think it's because I really enjoy Rainbow Six Siege. I'm, I'm kind of able to transfer into Valorant. And I can definitely see this becoming like the next big thing. Um, it's of course by Riot Games. And of course, you know, they're, they're, they've already made a big juggernaut called League of Legends. So I can definitely see this kind of getting the right push and being pushed in the right direction is free as well, which is even better. So I'm definitely going to keep playing this game. Uh, one of the other modes is called Spike Rush, which is, I think, first to four. But you, everyone starts off with a different weapon. So each each team will get like a, a specific set weapon so you don't buy anything. And it's the same thing with the bomb diffusal thing is the same thing, but it's like first to four. So that's like the game mode that was a little bit quicker. But I, I don't know. I, I, would, I would like the other one where I can like, you know, choose the weapon I want. I can kind of switch in a way in terms of how I want to approach a certain map or whatever based on my weapon um but not you know have to play a whole fucking 13 win round or like this 35 40 minute thing like that's that's a little too much like the reason i like rainbow six siege is because the entire match can end within 10 to 15 minutes or or less right like depending on how you're playing how the other person's playing and stuff like that and this one is first to 13 so it, it so imagine like one team racks up 12 wins right so that's 12 wins first of all in each round is around two to three minutes in terms of the time limit so you can imagine if even if it goes all the way right so one team wins 12 wins right one team got 12 and what if the other team starts coming back and they went 12 so that's 24 rounds at that point and then it's the 25th round which is the deciding one so it can go all the way up to 25 rounds you know maximum like that's a little too much i i do i don't i can understand that for on a, on a competitive level but like if, if you just want people to like enjoy the game and just have fun like i don't know maybe maybe they'll add something later and maybe i'm just like worrying about this for no reason but i hope they do because i am enjoying the game i do want to keep keep playing this game for anyone that's obviously interested i think th i think it's worth your time it's it's a free game and i think it might be coming to consoles as well which will be which will be quite worth it the other game i've actually been streaming is civilization 6 i mean i love i love civilization 6 i I started off obviously not knowing a lot of the stuff that you need to do and my sister kind of gave me a quick course almost on the side after my first stream of what I should be doing and I'm not doing over I'm not doing well overall in the in the thing but I'm 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 kind of heading towards a cultural victory so for anyone that doesn't know like how civilization how civilization 6 works is basically you choose a civilization I chose India and the idea is you build cities um and you kind of work on things like if you want to work on your culture, you want to work on science, you want to work on your military, it's up to you how you want to approach it. You can decide what type of ruler or what type of government you want to have. And you kind of build more cities and stuff like that over time. You kind of take resources around your land. Uh, and the idea is that over time, you know, you, you start meeting other civilizations. They might want to be friends with you. They might want to trade with you. They might hate you. They might, for whatever reason, get mad at you and want to have wars and whatever, right? And the idea is that if you want to win the game, it's about who, if if you can, you can either win through domination, which is basically, you know, I think it's like a military win where your military is so powerful, you're just taking over basically everything. Uh, and you kind of have a win like that. You can have a science, a science victory where you're just kind of, uh, your your science and your scientific research is just expanding so, so well. And you've just kind of, you know, been able to develop so many different technologies, stuff like that, that you just win because, you know, you're just so far ahead of all the other civilizations. And I think otherwise... From what my sister was explaining to me, um, if because there's, there's a total of 500 turns in each 
gameplay or each playthrough basically. Um, that another way to basically win is at the end of 500 turns, if you have like other things like your culture, for example. So culture is if you're, in, you're investing a lot in art, in, uh, in music, in um, what else is there? Art, music, writing, stuff like that, right? Uh, theater and stuff like that. So basically things that will get more tourism to your, to your cities or to your civilization, you can kind of win by that. You can have like a cultural victory as well. If no one has at that point dominated you or won through science. So there's like different ways to kind of win the game. So it's not all about creating a huge army or just kind of pushing your technology like crazy, like forward or whatever. Uh, you can win through like different things as well, or like to even religion, there's like a religious victory as well. So there's like really, really cool things that you can do. And I'm just really enjoying it. Uh, it's definitely one of those games that, you know, you keep playing and you're just like one more round, one more round. So I don't, I want to, I'm going to keep playing it. And I'll probably do another stream of me restarting the game because I think I have a better grasp or a better understanding of it now, but I definitely need to kind of uh, understand some of the more gameplay, the more, uh, the, the smaller, the smart things within the game, like using the resources around you, around the city for like the first 150 rounds. I didn't even know how to use the resources around the city. Um, I also started off in a very bad area where there were like a lot of barbarians around my first uh, encampment or my first settlement and they kept attacking me and I would I would just the, the problem is when you're when you have a settlement you need you need like if you want to defend yourself you need like an army and when you do create an army it's like 15 or 20 turns just to create an army right so and once I create the army I battle out the barbarians and they somehow destroy me again by that time by that time I've been like defending myself again again other civilizations were already on their third fourth fifth city and stuff like that right so it made like it made it really tough for me that I'm like okay, I literally can't do anything like because I like everyone's expanding, but I'm just being attacked by everything, right? And that's obviously a randomly generated thing. Uh, I think there's like a way to turn off barbarians, but I'm, which I might try next time because uh, I think that definitely gave me way too many headaches. I definitely want to try that, but I'm, I'm loving the game. I think I'm also going to pick it up on my, on, my, on my Switch at some point. I think this will, be, this will be actually really, really good to play on my Switch as well. Uh, but if, uh, for anyone that didn't know, this is also a free game on Epic Games, or it was, I think. Yeah, I think it was not anymore. I think I think Borderlands is free now, but I think it's still worth your worth your money if you ever see it on discount or anything like that on on Steam and Epic Games. Uh, the other one was Minecraft Dungeons. This also came out a little while back. I was playing this with Sebi. Uh, it's on Xbox Game Pass, and yeah, it's a it's a fun game. It reminds me of of Diablo and stuff like that. It has a, a cool like RPG element to it. Some of the fights and some of the boss fights and stuff like that are really really tough. So like I I definitely did not expect this game to be as tough as it was. Um, I also read that the game isn't isn't crazy long either. So that could also be good that way. And it's it really, I, I think it's really fun to play with friends. It's fun to play with multiple people. So it kind of gives you that same Diablo vibe and everything like that. And I think if you have an Xbox Game Pass, it's definitely worth it. It's the story wise, I never, really, I didn't really get into the story or didn't really like read into it or I just kind of kept skipping because I just wanted to go, go into the action. But the gameplay, the gameplay, I, I think is fun. The gameplay, it, it like runs well. Uh, it plays pretty good. I think it can. It, it it does get repetitive in terms of what you're doing when you go to go to areas. It's always kind of the same set of things. You're activating things, or you're pressing four or five different buttons to activate, and it opens the door, stuff like that. It's like very similar things you need to do again and again and again. Um, but of course, like the environment obviously changes. It's a very chill game that way. It's like a it's a game that you just kind of sit back. You might have a podcast on. You might have some music playing or something like that. You're just relaxing and you play this game. Or if you're just, you know, you and your friends just want to play a game and you don't, you don't want to play Rainbow Six or Destiny or something like that, you can jump on my, Minecraft Dungeons. And it's on Xbox Game Pass. It's 
it's i think for that for xbox game pass i think this is definitely worth it so definitely check that out uh, if you get a chance i think it's on pc and xbox when it comes to game pass uh, and of course it's available on ps4 on switch and stuff like that too um so yeah we can call it an episode there again i apologize for for delaying my episode uh, but we will be back next week hopefully we'll hear some information or some news from from sony and from playstation about when the event will be happening um, at the same time it's pretty it's gonna be pretty exciting next week when we'll we'll be getting the review uh the review stuff coming out about the last of us part two i think that'll be pretty cool as well i've already pre-ordered my last of us part two copy i'm pretty excited about that game i will be streaming last of us next week so if anyone wants to join please join me on twitch and mixer at amanda man um that's amanda man and my my links are also in the description and also you can email me uh you can also message me on instagram uh, or at amanda man games um, again, like just to message me in terms of if you want to talk to me about anything, if you want to give me any feedback, if you want me to play certain games. So yeah, that, again, all the links are in my description. So definitely, definitely check that out. Uh, and yeah, so I think I'm gonna be I'm gonna be playing. I think like a few more multiplayer games this week. And then uh, on Sundays, I usually go over some game in my backlog. And then the whole of next week will be dedicated to The Last of Us. So The Last of Us, I wanna from start to finish play that again, kind of go through the game again. This will be my first time playing the game after I played the first time way, way back in 2013. So it's been seven years since I played the game. So I definitely want to, I definitely want a refresher. And I think it'll be really fun to kind of play that game and stream that game as well. So thank you everyone. I hope everyone is keeping safe uh, and, and, you know, please definitely take care of yourself and play, pay attention to what's happening out there. And, you know, make sure you can involve yourself in some way and help out in some way. And of course, please email me at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com and I will see you next week. Bye.